offered uh, to sing bass with them and make that a good quartet. Uh, we took a vote and it was one to three. I lost, uh, but anyway, what a good song, and I am thankful for that good song. What a lovely name, the name of Jesus. Open your Bibles again to Psalm 119 and mark the passage. We're going to walk through this passage of Scripture, verses 49 through 56. Our text verse will be verse number 49. I want you to look at it with me. It says, Remember the word unto thy servant, upon which thou hast caused me to hope. Here's what he said. Lord, remind me again that there is hope. That's what he's saying. Look at it again. He's saying, remind me, Lord that there is hope. Verse 49, Remember thy word unto thy servant, or remind me of the word that you've given me, upon which thou hast caused me to hope. Heavenly Father, I pause to pray, asking you, hungering for the power of the Holy Spirit as I preach this morning. I have met with folks, I have talked to folks on the telephone there have been many tears shed because of difficulties and burdens this week, many I know of. And no doubt, Lord, there are many that I do not know of. And sometimes, the Lord, the, uh, Lord, the devil causes us to lose our focus, and we lose our focus, and we lose hope in life. And I pray that you'd help me today to encourage and those who may have had the thought this week, I just don't see any hope. I don't see hope for America. I don't see hope for family. I don't see hope in my life. I pray that you'd help us today. Help my mind. Help my words. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the most important words in all of the Bible and maybe one of the most underrated words in all of the Bible is the word hope. If you've never done a study of the word hope, you may be surprised to see how many times the word hope is in the Bible. Paul wrote to the church at Corinth and he said, Whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. But he concluded the chapter saying, And now abideth faith, hope, charity. These three. But the greatest of these three is charity. Notice the three words or graces that he highlights are faith, hope, and charity. The saddest state of a man is when he feels there is no hope. I believe one of my responsibilities as your pastor is to remind you often of the hope that we have in life through the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray today as we walk through these verses that they will help your hope to increase. Now the word hope sometimes is a bit confusing. We think it to be a wish. We think it to be something that has little or no possibility. But the word hope in the Bible is an assurance with a question. 
You've heard me say it before. The return of Christ is referred to as the blessed hope of Christ. That means we know for sure Christ is returning. We do not know when he will return, but he is our blessed hope. Even Job in his time of great difficulty said, For I know that my Redeemer liveth. Hope is something that many struggle with, and Satan works to hurt, to hinder, or even destroy our hope in life. Throughout the 119th chapter of Psalms, the psalmist wrestles with the problem of helpless circumstances around him. His unhappy situation has been caused by wicked men who hated him because of his godliness in life. May I say this morning, I do not believe there has been a day since the days of Noah that men have been more brass or bold about their sin and rebellion against God and the people of God than the day in which we live. We see it everywhere. We see perversion and sin on every hand. And sometimes when our focus gets on that, we wonder, is there any hope for America? Is there any hope for a decent society? Is there any hope in life? Everything America has seen as good for the past 200 plus years from our heroes to principles of life. They've all been torn down, criticized and said that you've been all wrong all these years. Everything that America has said is wrong and harmful to our nation for the past 200 years is now uh, being talked about as something that is good or helpful for our society. While alcohol and gambling continues to rise now, uh, there is a push for making uh, uh, drugs that are illegal because uh, they hurt people, they hurt their body. And not only does it hurt them, uh, they hurt others when they uh, take those or use those. They're now saying we need to make those legal because it would help our economy. Everything we've heard is right is now wrong, and everything we've heard wrong is now called right. And sometimes we are left with the feeling that there is no hope. That's exactly where we find the psalmist in this passage of Scripture in verses 49 through 56. And he says in verse 49, Remember the word unto thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hope. Here's what he's saying. Lord, remind me again that there is hope. Help me to have hope in life. Help me to have hope for today, hope for the future. And there are three different uh, things that we learn from this passage of Scripture, and I've organized them like this. First of all, what he asked. Second of all, what he recognized. And then third of all, what he remembered. He asked the Lord to remind him, and the Lord helped him in that. And today I want you to be reminded of, of some things from the Word of God that you'll go away and say, thank God there is hope. 
There's hope in life. There's hope for America. There's hope for my life. There's hope for uh, the, the church and the work of God. There is hope. First of all, I want you to notice what he asked, and I've already given it to you twice. Remember thy, the word unto thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hope. Lord, remind me of those words. Remind me of those promises that you had given me before that caused me to hope. Tell me again so I can hope again. You know, hope says, I do not see an answer, but I believe there is one. Hope says, I don't really see a way forward, but I believe in God, uh, there is one. Uh, hope says, I don't see a way out, but I'm glad that in God, uh, there is one. You can imagine the children of Israel as they faced the Red Sea. They didn't see a way across, but the Bible says our God is a God who maketh a way, and so their hope was not in a bridge or uh, not in anything except the person of God and when our hope is in God we have great hope and so he says remind me I'm asking you Lord remind me of your words of hope we find in these words of hope the promises of God we find the principles of God and we find the precepts of God I want you to today if you will I want you to think of this we often see the behaviors of men and we lose hope but when the psalmist helps us to see the boundaries, not the behaviors of men, but the boundaries that God has set, it renews our hope in him. So I want you to notice what he recognized. And we'll see these in verse number 50 and verse number 51. Uh, first of all, the psalmist recognized that God's word, God's word was life to him. Uh, he said in verse number 50, This is my comfort in my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. Isn't this an amazing book in a time of difficulty? Isn't this an amazing book in the time of need? We can find the answer. We hold the answer book to the problems of life in our hand this morning. And the psalmist said, I was dying without hope, but it was your word and reminders in your word that quickened me. May I say this morning, I have no ability to give a pep talk or an inspirational speech that would cause you to feel good about yourself or feel good about one another. But we can have faith in the Word of God and that is a longer lasting hope than hope in ourself or certainly and in an imagination. The word of God, he said, is my hope. May I say this morning, uh, we don't need to run from our problems. We need to face our problems and find the answer in the word of God. We don't need to look for distractions in the things of the world. We don't need to look for things that would cause us to forget the problems. But we need to look at the word of God that gives the answer uh, to our problems and gives us hope in life. Uh, let's do this. Mark your Bibles right there in Psalm 119, 49. And I want you to go to verse number 81 and notice what he says here verse number 81 Psalm 119 89 my soul fainteth for thy salvation 
but I hope in thy word. You won't find any hope on the news, but you'll find hope in the Bible. Uh, you won't have, find much hope on Facebook, but you'll find hope in the Word of God. You may not find much hope in talking to others, but you can find hope in the Word of God because it is the words of God. Look at verse number 114. Uh, verse 114. Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in the, uh, I hope in thy word. Uh, take your Bibles and go to Colossians chapter one. Now keep it marked in one nineteen. Go to Colossians chapter one. Uh, this is not just an Old Testament uh, truth or an Old Testament song or psalm, uh, but we find hope is in the Word of God. Sadly, hope lies on the coffee table at home when it ought to be in our hearts and minds. Sadly, hope lies on the dashboard of your car when it ought to be in your heart and mind and you ought to turn off the conservative talk show uh, now and again and turn on the word of God and you'll find some real hope for life in a time of difficulty. In Colossians 1 in verse number 5 the Bible says this, For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. I'm glad the Bible gives me promises and it gives me precepts and it gives me principles that are always in control and in them I find hope. The old book right there is a book of hope. Second of all, he said your law is hope. Not, not just the word, but the law. Now, I preached a message on the law of, uh, of liberty a couple of weeks ago. I want you to notice what he says here in verse number 51. The proud have had me greatly in derision, yet have I not declined from thy law. Now, I want you to think with me in what he's saying here. He knew what happened when people broke or attempted to break the laws of God. There is a time of pleasure in sin, but it's only for a season. And you don't really break the laws of God. We look at our world today and we look at it with disgust as all of the uh, LGBTQ and all of that stuff is talked about and, and just, just beyond reason, beyond foolishness of what's going on in the world today. And you look at that and you get, get so frustrated. But the Bible says, uh, the psalmist said, the proud have had me greatly in derision but he said, I have not declined from thy law. Can I tell you something? I don't care what they say. The law of God is still in control. God's law is still in control. Think of this story as recorded in Exodus chapter 5. Think of Egypt in the days of the great Pharaoh. Think of the court and the power of the court that Pharaoh presided over. In comes to that court a shepherd and a shepherd who was familiar with the court and the palace because that's where he was raised in the providence of God. You know the story of Moses. Moses the shepherd. Now nobody was looked down upon quite like a shepherd was in the Bible. Shepherds did not go to work on a shift and then come home. Shepherds lived with the sheep and they did not come around people a lot just to visit and back out. And they were looked down upon because of the conditions of their work. 
Moses now has rejected living in Pharaoh's house and he now makes an appearance and he comes to the court and he says, I have a word from God. Now get the picture. Here's Pharaoh in all of the palace. Moses comes from not only a shepherd but of all of the slaves, slaves that are in the land of Egypt. He represents the slaves. Don't miss the picture. The representative of the slaves comes to the king of the world in that day. And he said, I have a word from my God. (laughs) Your God? Your God that lets you work in the sun as a slave? (laughs) Your God? (laughs) You see, he has him in derision. Your God that's letting you be my servant? Your God that's letting you make all of this wealth and gold for me? You think I, Pharaoh, am going to listen to a lowly shepherd? And you're telling me about your God? Moses said, yes, sir, I have a word from God. Well, what is that word? He said, let my people go. He said this, Pharaoh said, I know not your God. I don't care about your God. I don't care about, and that's what the world says to us today. I don't care about your God. I don't care about your Bible. Your God. You're in the minority. You don't have any influence. You don't have any power. You're lowly Christians. You're zeros. The psalmist said, when I heard their derision, that bothered me. But what I decided to do was just stay connected with the law of God. Now, what Pharaoh learned was Moses wasn't in charge, but God was. And he learned that his God was a greater God than he thought he was. And it wasn't very long until Moses took all of those slaves and they became the mightiest nation this world has ever known, a priestly nation to all of the world. And I want to say to you today, where do we find hope today? We look at those that hold us as a Christian in derision, at those Christians that still live by those old archaic beliefs. Look at how they have to live, some of them. And And uh, their God, I want to tell you something, dear friend. God's laws are in control. Don't you be worried about what's going on. You understand there's coming a day when God's law is going to take over and the sin and the wickedness of the world is going to be judged. You know what the psalmist said? Lord, remind me again that there's hope. And then he said, I remembered. Don't pay attention to the derision. Just remember God's law. I've used this illustration many times. A fellow may get on a tall building and say, I'm going to break the law of gravity. And he may jump off and sail through the air, and he may laugh, and he may have a great time flying for a little while. But he won't break the law of gravity. The law of gravity will break him. And so he's saying here, help me not to focus on the derision or the mockery of the world against God and the child of God, the family of God, the people of God. Help me to focus on your law that's in control that will eventually break and judge the sin of the world. Didn't that help you hope this morning? I'll give you the last thing, what he remembered. Verses 52 through 56. First of all, he remembered the Lord's nature or the person or personality or power of God. Look at verse 52. I remembered thy judgments of old, O Lord, and have comforted myself. Now what does that mean? 
It means that I look back through the centuries of time and I've seen those who behaved like they're behaving today. You understand the Bible says, in the, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. We are there today. We're, we have folks that are living like they did in the days of Noah. But he said, I remembered something. Every time I look back at those that behave like they're behaving today, I remembered your judgments. You know what he was saying? I remembered when men cursed you and did what they wanted to do, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, and in that dispensation of time, God won. I remember when Pharaoh was in charge of the world and the world feared Pharaoh and God's people were nothing but slaves in the land of Egypt making bricks for Pharaoh and laboring and working in the heat of the sun and were mocked as people of God. Oh, but I remember your judgments. Pharaoh and his armies were drowned in the depths of the Red Sea, but God's people marched on to the land of Canaan that was prepared for them. I remember the days of Nebuchadnezzar as he walked into the city of Jerusalem with his mighty army and he destroyed the temple and he took the people of God captive and they declared that God was defeated and Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians, uh, they were in control of the world. Ah, but I remember when your judgment came and when your judgment came, it happened the same way it did in the days of Noah and in the days of Pharaoh and God's people were delivered from the land of Babylon. He said, I remembered your judgments of old and he said it helped me encourage me because I believe at the God in the day of Moses and Pharaoh and Nebuchadnezzar and Ahab and Jezebel and all the way through is a God today and it may look like today that the devil and the world are winning oh, but they never win God is the winner I remember that judgments of old. Now he asked God to help him to remember. Now he is remembering. He remembers the judgments of old. He remembers why he had hope in God. May I say this morning, our circumstances may change, but God's word is always permanent. And his testimonies are of old, and they have stood the test of time. And the laws today in our world, I, I, you, you ever think about how how they make so many laws just on a knee-jerk reaction and, 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 and uh, we think of the laws are made under pressure and temporary and, and uh, they reflect compromise of, of, of social compromise, economic. There's a crowd today trying to destroy America with socialism. It's a first cousin to communism. It destroys nations. Laws today are influenced by lobbyists. Lobbyists will influence with money. Influenced with power. The psalmist, however, was not brought up in a land where legislation was at the mercy of a lobbyist. He was brought up in a land where the law was mandated from heaven and handed down by God on two tables of stone, fixed and firm, and the law was perfect, and the Lord's nature was revealed in the law. He said, when I remembered what you did in the evil of the past, I know what you're going to do today, and we're on the winning side he remembered the Lord's nature he remembered the Lord's nature and was and, 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 and he was encouraged I want you to notice in verse 33 horror hath taken hold upon me I want you to notice he's gaining his hope back 
not because of the wicked that oppress me, but he said because of the wicked that forsake thy law. He was afraid of those that held him in derision. He was afraid of those that were trying to hurt him. Now he has fear for those that are breaking the laws of God. That's exactly what happened to the psalmist in Psalm number 73. He said, I looked at the world and it looked like wickedness was prospering. And then I went to the house of God and I was comparing to how we were doing instead of where we were going. And I was reminded uh, that the world is headed for a time of judgment and destruction. And that's exactly what he is saying here. He said, I'm afraid not for me, I'm afraid for the world. Can I tell you something? Don't feel sorry for yourself. You're on the winning side. You don't feel sorry for somebody? Feel sorry for those that are breaking the law of God thinking they're having a good time. They're not. We're the winners. God's people are the winners. Now, can, I can tell you, according to 1 Timothy chapter 3, that, uh, that, that, uh, that evil is going to wax worse and worse, and men are going to uh, deceive and be deceived. Don't worry when they mock and make fun of the child of God. You want to be worried? Be worried about those that are on the wrong side. I love verse 54. Thy statutes have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. He was concerned for the wicked, but he said, I'm still singing as I go. Child of God, let me tell you something. Keep on singing. You say, preacher, I've had a tough week. I'd rather have a tough week on the winning side than have a great week on the losing side. I'd rather fight a few battles knowing that I'm going to win than to be winning all the time and having only the fake money and the, and the things of the world that don't last, but they rot and they rust and they corrupt. Thank God to be a child of God today. Then look at the last two verses here. The Lord's name, verse 55, I have remembered thy name. Now in verse 49, he said, Lord, remind me again why there's hope. And he said, I'll remind you. First of all, my law is in control, not the heathen. Second of all, I'll remind you, my nature is in control, not those that are making temporary laws. He said, third of all, I want to remind you, I have remembered thy name, O Lord, in the night. Look at those three words, in the night, and have kept thy law. If you ever did a study of those words in the night or things that happened in the night, if you're on the winning side, good things happen in the night. If you're not on the winning side, bad things happen in the night. For example, the rich young fool congratulated himself. He had made his fortune. He had made his plans for a life of ease and pleasure. Then a voice of God said, This night thy soul shall be required of thee. This night. Night is a time of trouble. Night is a time of thought for those that are not on the winning side. Isaiah warned his godless aids, The morning cometh and also the night. 
The prophet's words sum up what is ahead for the world. Ah, but he tells us of the glorious morning for the church when it will be ushered by way of rapture into the land of endless day. The morning cometh and also the night, the dark night of despair when the devil's leader, uh, when the Antichrist will seize the planet and will inaugurate a reign of terror like that which has never been known on the earth before. For those that are not the children of God, the night is a time of tears. The night is a time of temptation. The night is a time of tragedy. Oh, but the psalmist said, in the stillness of the night, in the quiet time of the night, after I got away from the busyness of all of the enemies of God and all of the bad news that I heard, you answered my prayer and I remembered thy name, O Lord, in the night. You know what Job said in this time of difficulty? He said, my maker giveth me songs in the night. Aren't you glad this morning as a child of God? We don't worry about the wickedness. If we worry about anything, we worry about those that are headed for judgment. Child of God, there is hope. There's hope in God. Don't live life like we're defeated. Brother Tyra says, uh, sometimes he said, I was talking to a fellow the other day. He said it looked like somebody just shot his pup. Discouraged. Folks, can I tell you something? There's hope in Christ. There's hope in the word of God. Stand with me if you will. The psalmist said, Lord, remind me again that there's hope. He said, I'll remind you. I'll remind you that the wicked are temporary and God is eternal. I'll remind you that the laws are in control. I'll remind you of my nature. I'll remind you of my name. And I'll give you songs in the night. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning not to be a discouraged people. Lord, not to look at just circumstances, but look beyond those in reality. Help us to see, Lord, that you are in control. Lord, the very worst thing could happen to a child of God is die and go to heaven for all eternity. What a wonderful thought that is. Thank you, Lord, that we have victory in you. I pray for that family that's discouraged this morning and they see no hope. I pray, Lord, that you would remind them of the words of hope of your word. I pray for those young men who lost their young father, not yet 40 years of age, who died suddenly this week. I pray that, Lord, you would give them hope in their hearts. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If you're here this morning, you don't know Christ as your Savior. You ought to trust Christ as your Savior today. In just a moment after I pray, he's going to sing the invitation song. And if you're not sure of your salvation, you ought to step out of your seat, make your way down an aisle to one of these men standing in the front and say, I want to be saved. Perhaps you've been saved, but you've not followed the Lord in believer's baptism. You ought to do that this morning. Perhaps it's church membership. That decision needs to be made this morning. You ought to come. Heavenly Father, I pray that this morning our hope is in you. And I pray that we would live life joyously. Help us to live life and let others know we're not defeated, but we're on the winning side. 
And I pray that you'd bless their invitation of decisions that need to be made. I pray that they will be made. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.